Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Angley Flores, with myself, Stephen Lusbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, my South Stand chum, the bearded Lejande, the one and only, the daddy-o. It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 335, and as always, thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show. This week, we have a very special guest waiting to speak to us on the line, uh, so we're going to uh, go to him very, very shortly. Uh, as always, we've got a roundup of the last seven days at the club, including our FA Cup first round win. But as always, we start our shows with a word from our great sponsors. Yeah, we certainly do. So our great sponsors are Carol Landley Florists, who are based in Chinkford and have been serving the borough of Waltham Forest and the surrounding area for over the last 70 years. They're here for all of your needs. They specialise in anything from bespoke wedding events to family funeral tributes, birthdays, anniversaries. And with Christmas around the corner, you'd be crazy not to take advantage of their great deals. And the best part is, hopefully, you all know this by now, they offer all O's fans and staff up to 15% off their wonderful flowers. So if this is something that you're interested in, you can get in touch by calling the shop on 0208 529 4130. You can go and find them online if you like. You can go and visit their website where they can be found at www.carollangley.co.uk or if you're on social media, why not inquire there? You can find the team at Instagram under Carol Langley Florist. You can find them on Twitter at Carol Langley 4. On Facebook, you can find them under Carol Langley Florist. You can indeed. So now we are very delighted to be welcoming back uh, Leighton Orient Vice Chairman, Principal Investor Kent Teague to the show. Kent, thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us this afternoon, your time. Um, as always, delightful to have you uh, on the show, but I guess we start, we haven't heard from you for a little while, you seem to be sort of quite quiet on the, on the socials. What's been going on? How have you been doing? I've been doing well. Um, quiet on the socials, uh, just watching and uh, observing, doing my normal beginning of the season calculations and all that kind of stuff, and, uh, and pretty pleased with how we've done so far. And speaking of that, Kent, we had a fantastic win yesterday in the FA Cup. What were your thoughts on, on yesterday's victory against Carlisle United? I was super excited to see us three, uh, to score three goals. I mean, that's just, you know, after what we did last season and, and what we've kind of done this season, um, I, I like it better when we score two or three or four as opposed to one or none. And, uh, you know, we have a tendency to score a lot of one or none, it seems like, over the last 18 months. So, you know, that was pleasing to see. Uh, I thought we played pretty well. Uh, we are very well organized. We are very well disciplined. Uh, and we play out of the back and we play on the ground and, you know, we play football. And so it's really great to see that we can do that given, you know, who we have on the pitch. In terms of our season so far, I mean, I know you do. You, you said you're doing your calculations. What are your thoughts on the season so far? Are you sort of quite happy with where we're at? Well, I'm happy with where we're at after the first three games. If we look at the points per game, uh, not including the first three, so we lost the first three, and then our points per game after that have been, you know, really strong, including. Uh, the match, unfortunately, that was suspended, um, you know, and we were ahead there. So another three points in another game, uh, if that match had finished the way it started, 
Um, you know, we've been doing very well from a points per match uh, perspective. And that's, that's kind of how I judge. I judge our trajectory, um, you know, kind of based on that. Um, I'm pleased with the position that we're in. I'm pleased with the way that we've played since the first three. I was pretty disappointed with the first three, but, you know, new league, all of that. And then the other thing I think about is we had some early uh, season injuries and just had a massive one here lately. And we also, um, you know, had some players that were kind of new to the system and maybe were not up to speed from a, um, you know, being in shape perspective. So I think we've come a long way pretty fast over the last 10 or 12 games. And Ken, come the end of the season, where would you be happy for us to, to end up in League One? Well, I have been on record as saying that my expectation this year is 11, 12, 13, 14, which is about where we're at right now. Um, you know, what's amazing is if you throw out the first three, which you can't, but if you could, and if you were able to pick up just a little something here or a little something there, um, you know, we've been playing in very, very top form, top seven form, um, you know, from a points per game perspective. So um, my, I, I am very excited that Richie and, you know, that cast of characters have decided to prove me wrong, that they are better than I think they are. They did it last year, and I hope they do it again this year. Um, into, just jumping back to the FA Cup, I mean, we haven't had a decent uh-huh. cup run for, for quite some time. How important uh-huh. do you feel, and I guess across the rest of the board, I know you can't speak for everybody uh, individually, but as a general consensus, how important um, do you feel the competition is for the club? Winning is always important. I don't care if we are in a back room, closed door match. Winning is important. The habit of winning is important. Whether it's in the FA Cup or the Papa John's or the league or, you know, uh, an under 23 friendly. I don't care. I really don't care who we play, why we're playing them. I think winning is a habit, and I think winning is something that we want to do as often as we possibly can. Um, and and that's just how I look at that. So for me, the FA Cup is important because it's another chance and another another example of us playing well and winning. Great stuff. Love that answer. Ken, you mentioned earlier about uh, obviously a big injury happening recently. That's obviously Jordan Graham, who's out for the foreseeable future. Do you know of any plans to make any replacements or any long-contracted players, for example, anything you can share on the podcast? Uh, I don't know what Martin is doing from a non-contracted perspective, but I do know that there was a text from a guy in Texas to a guy with a Cockney accent about 
30 minutes <laughs> after I saw Jordan go down, unfortunately. And I really like him. I, I've met him and talked to him a couple of times. You know, I've been to London a couple of times this year already. And uh, my question to Martin was, what are we going to do in the January transfer window? Let's get started now. And so I don't know exactly what Martin, what rabbit Martin will pull out of his hat. But, um, you know, I do expect that there'll be something that needs to be done because, unfortunately for Jordan, uh, my understanding is that it's, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, six months to nine months. We wish him, uh, we wish him a full and speedy recovery. Obviously, that oh, didn't look absolutely, yeah, and I, and I, you know, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm texting him also um, directly. So cool. We had quite a few listener questions uh, that came in. I'm not sure. Um, sure. I think some of them are possibly more. Uh, for other members of the board, but as uh, yes, some really interesting ones. LOFC eighteen eighty one said, "Are we ever likely to use any player from Coley's other clubs? Because Coley's got investments in a couple of uh, continental European clubs. Do you guys ever talk about uh, in, in in your board chats about potentially bringing some of those players over?" We have those conversations both directions. So we talk about sending players from. England there and we talk about players from there to England or from Leighton Orient you know back and forth you know on the, on the continent like you said biggest challenge that we have is you have to have an English passport in League One so we are restricted on a foreign player basis. It doesn't apply as much to championship, and clearly it does not apply to the Premier League. But we have a limitation on players that we can field, and so we, we have to respect those rules and those requests by the league. And that's, you know, that's so that's primarily what stops us from player trading with, with Coley's other clubs like Vitesse. Good answer. Uh, the famous Ed Turns of Twitter asks, if we are to be Chesterfield, what would your dream third round FA Cup tie be? I have no idea. Premier League. Somebody we're going to beat. Somebody we're going to beat. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to beat a Premier League club. How about <laughs> Arsenal? Let's get... Let's get, get Arsenal in the house. I think that, you know, if we're going to go that route, if that's really the route you guys want to go on this, let's go get West Ham. I can't imagine a more fun environment than West Ham in Home. the third round of the FA Cup. Home or away? I mean, oh, oh, oh. We got oh, we got to take them away first. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Ken, well, it's, a, not, it's not that far. You know what? We can play one match and then walk the distance and play another match back-to-back. <laughs> They're just right across the street from each yeah, other. They are. Aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ken, let, let, me ask you this for, let me ask you this for the FA Cup then. As, as, someone, as a director, would you rather get a big Premier League team in the third round and be eliminated... Or would you rather get a smaller team in the third round, like another League One, maybe a championship, that you beat, 
and then get through to the fourth round and then go out to a championship club? Maybe maybe you weren't maybe you weren't listening when I said I want to win every game. So, <laughs> so basically, what you're saying is we're going to win the FA Cup, we're going to win League One. So and we're going to win what, what I'm saying is we draw a Premier League team in the third round, and then we draw a Premier League team in the fourth round. <laughs> <laughs> Don't not, not asking for too much. Um, <laughs> well, you ask. Don't, don't blame me. <laughs> Chris W underscore one says, "Does Kent follow any other sports? Are you into uh, much nope. other um, sports? Like nope. NFL, for example." Nope. 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 I I watched I watched the they call it the World Series, even though it's only U.S. But yeah, I find you know baseball, well. American baseball, the Texas Rangers, which is my local team. I watched. Uh, part of the playoffs because they were playing the Houston Astros, which is also a Texas team. I watched a couple of those games and then I watched a couple of games in the World Series, but I don't I never watched the Texas Rangers as a habit. I don't really watch the Dallas Cowboys as a habit, so I don't watch the NFL as a habit. I don't really follow the NBA. I have been to, you know, Dallas Maverick games before um, with Mark, but I don't you know, I don't, I don't do that as a rule, as a general rule. Um, and so I don't really follow other sports. Um, I do a little bit of golf only in order to have a conversation with my dad. My dad and I like going to the Masters uh, every year or every other year. Um, so I will follow golf a little bit. I had uh, my Tiger Sunday red on today, my red shirt on today. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not I'm – not, I am a sports fan, and I enjoy watching it when it matters. But just the grind of the season uh, in any other sport, I wouldn't watch. But I am fairly religious about watching um, late Orient and you know try not to break anything on my way by. <laughs> no monitors, Ken. You mentioned um, <laughs> Dallas, and you were saying before we started recording that you've recently gone on the Dallas Sports Show to talk about Orient that I found really interesting. So do you want to give us a bit of context kind of around that? So I guess there, the interest. Yeah, yeah, so there's a local uh, sports radio station called The Ticket here in Dallas. Um, and of course, because of the internet, they broadcast uh, globally. Um, and a friend of mine um, let the people at The Ticket know that I lived in Dallas and they were shocked to hear that you know, Leighton Orient's, one of Leighton Orient's owners live in Dallas. So I've been in on the, on the talk radio show on Saturdays uh, about a couple of times, maybe three times. And uh, so it's been a lot of fun. Now, remember growing up in Dallas, I remember when the ticket started. I know some of the guys, the personalities. I've, I've listened to the ticket for a long, long time. So it was kind of a kind of a childhood kind of dream to actually be on that, on that radio uh, station and and in their studio, because it was, it is an amazing um, story that they have about being a very local pro sports radio and it's sports only sports radio only um, station. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. What, what's their take on English football? Are, Are they sort of quite knowledgeable about it? Do they, 
um, sort of really kind of feed oh, off yeah. of, of of what you're bringing to the table when they, when they have you on? Are they? Yeah, they are. They are both knowledgeable and ignorant. Um, they are. They are knowledgeable in that they understand the game and they kind of know who the players are and they know, you know, they kind of know what's going on. They, I don't think they understand. And I just think this is true of Americans in general. They just do not understand the devastation of relegation. They just don't get it. Um, they just don't, they just don't get it. They think it's like a play thing, uh, this relegation thing. And it is not a play thing. It's a disaster. Um, and they understand, they don't really understand promotion and they, they kind of understand championships. But I, and the other thing that they constantly get caught off guard by is the enormous amount of passion, religion, family, emotion that exists in the fan of an English football club. And we just don't have that level of madness in the United States game. So um, it's, you know, it, it kind of catches them off guard sometimes. Um, but uh, I would say that they, I would say they do a good job from afar. Mm. And I can't wait. I'm, I'm hoping that they'll come to a match with me at Leighton Orient sometime soon. And so they can see the reality of it. That would be great. If you want to uh, get them in the South Stand, we'll be more than happy to uh, welcome them to give them the uh, the South Stand uh, experience. Yeah, see, see, this is where I don't... Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think they should be in the South Stand. They don't, they don't, they don't need to understand English football at that level. Let's, you know what, let's, maybe the second trip. Maybe the second trip. <laughs> this interview has taken a funny <laughs> turn. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> so, obviously... <laughs> Mark and Nigel uh, had their Q&A uh, on Wednesday. They did speak quite in depth about the ground. Obviously, you weren't uh, on that um, broadcast. But uh-huh. what are your views, yeah. I-, I guess, around the new ground? And we also got asked a similar question around the training ground from running ref with GC. So I guess your views on, on the stadium and I guess anything you can share on, on yeah. the training ground updates. My, yeah, my, my answer on the training ground, my answer on the stadium... My answer on players, my answer on coach, coaches, director of football, CEOs, staff, all of that is basically the same. And that is that it is our job as directors and as caretakers and as owners to do whatever it takes to help improve the club and to make the club better, make the club uh, more sustainable long term. We have to make decisions both in the short term and in the long term. And we've got to make sure that we are making it to where the club is better and people are proud to be a part of the club going forward. So on stadiums and, and uh, you know, training grounds, the higher we go in the table or in the pyramid, really in the pyramid, not the table, the higher we go in the pyramid, that just means that when you're a National League club, you look at things a little differently than when you are a League One club who believes that you may at some point end up in championship. And that's 
So what that does is that causes all of us to think differently about stadium and training ground and that sort of thing, because we need to maybe look at expanding the number of seats that we have from a stadium perspective, and we need to look at the training ground facilities in order to draw the appropriate talent that we want in League One to help us get to championship or, you know, in championship. So that that's kind of how I think of it. It's a very broad challenge for us because it has to do with food, beverage, everything at the club. Everything has to be under constant review as to what we're doing in order to improve the club, both short-term and long-term. Um, in terms of our long-term, um, CLE3 underscore tweet, uh, tweeted us, said it will be our 150th anniversary in just over seven years' time. It's a quite a nice segue. You answered, you, you left that answer uh, quite nicely to segue into this, this question. Where do you... I guess, where do you see us by then is the question. And have there been any thoughts on celebrating this milestone? So I guess, what would your kind of... You had a six-year plan to get us back into into League One. Um, I guess, where where do you think or, or what are your kind of hopes for our for the next six or seven years, I guess, is, is the crux of the question. So it was a six- to eight-year plan, not just six. Mm. Everybody's wanted to change that since we made it in six. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're overachievers, so that's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's the new Leighton Orient, overachievers. Um, you know, my, it is, it is very difficult for me. I will not say out loud where I think we should be in six to eight years because that plan presupposes that we are in the premier league. So I, I am very, 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 as in like never step on the pitch, hesitant to say that we would be a Premier League club in six to seven or eight years. I, of course it's possible, but I would, well, I really want to take this, this, these last two steps, I want to take them just one at a time. Um, when we came into the club and we said, we're in the National League. We want to get back to League One. We're going to take two steps. It's going to take six to eight years. I felt very comfortable about saying that. I feel a lot less comfortable saying six to eight years Premier League um, because it takes a lot of work and it's a lot of things that we have to really think about and, and work on to make that very valuable for everybody involved. Um, I... You know, the 150 year, I um, I did not, know, you know, I don't calculate like how many years we've been in the league and or, you know, in existence and that sort of thing. And I, I don't I don't have I haven't even had any conversations about plans like that. I think the person that would be best to head that up would be Matt Porter. Um, and so I I think we should go ask Matt Porter about what he thinks around that. Um, and Nigel, Nigel and Matt Porter are probably better suited than I am. In terms, I actually, of- I actually it keeps me from knowing what it means for it to be, <laughs> you know, one hundred and fifty years. You hide behind that accent a bit too much. Um, in terms, sir, of- sir, sir, it, it works most <laughs> of the time. 
in terms of that, I mean, from uh, from a future proofing perspective, I mean, Nigel's alluded to it a few times and mentioned it, and I think Mark Devlin has as well. Obviously, you've been the principal investor and, and uh, I guess, sort of majority shareholder in in the club. I mean, I know this question has been asked of other directors and board members and so on, but I guess it'd be remiss of us not to ask in terms of, you know, future investment. I know we need deeper pockets. Is that something that you're kind of involved in? Is that something that can, um, obviously, like Matt Porter said to us, you know, these people aren't just sort of waiting, you know, or, or just sort of falling over themselves. So in terms of, I guess, future-proofing us, what does that look like in terms of new investors? Are there new ones kind of ready to go or that we're having conversations with at all? Anything you can share with us on that side of things? Yeah, I mean, because of Wrexham and, you know, the job that they've done um, and other clubs, not just Wrexham, but other clubs, there is a belief in the world that if you are a wealthy person that you can become involved in English football and really enjoy your time. Um, so, you know, there, there is no doubt in my mind that at some point, um, you know, there will be additional and other investors that are involved in Lake Orient. So my primary role is to ensure, along with Nigel and the other directors, to ensure that we have a person or people who are involved and investing in Leighton Orient who have the same values and beliefs and desires for Leighton Orient over the long term that we do. And we are the gatekeepers in a certain way to ensure that, you know, all of our fans and all of our supporters are as proud of them as hopefully they are of us that are currently running the club. Thank you very much. Great stuff. We had a, uh, one or two questions from the forum. Uh, I think this may have been asked before, but we'll ask it. Again. Oh, I, I don't, just so everybody knows, I don't read the forum. That's Nigel's job. Okay, go, go ahead. <laughs> uh, a question from Intraday. So could you ask Kent if we have some kind of insurance from the FA or whoever that covers players' wages if they get a serious injury like Dan Agi or Jordan Graham? No, we don't have any insurance against a long-term injury. I don't know if the players carry long-term insurance or not. I guess that's up to each individual player. Um, What we have is we have a contract with that player that gets paid out no matter if they play or not. Hmm. So I guess in that sense, they have a contract or they have some insurance whether we have a one or a two or a three year deal with them. But outside of that, I don't know. I, I would love to ask Omar Beckles that question. Since he's the president of the PFA. Hmm. Um, I'm the wrong one to ask. No, <laughs> fair. Um, fish on the forum as well. Um, with no facts at my disposal, there seems to be quite a number of coaches, media people, financial control staff, marketers, health and safety, HR, general admin, and goodness knows how many others. Maybe LOFC are one of Waltham Forest's biggest employers. Does Kent see that the club has benefited from all this work 
in a way to justify the salary bill, which I think, I don't know if that's the best worded, but I guess we've bogged up behind the scenes. So this is us doing what we do when we build companies or we build organizations or we build, uh, you know, football clubs. And what you do is that you make investments in order to provide the structural pieces that are necessary for where you want to be next. So when we were in the National League, we hired in a model for League Two. And when we became in League Two, you'll notice that we added a few new people, expanded, put in a little bit more infrastructure, put in a little bit more structure, and we got ready to be a League One club. Well, now that we're a League One club, we're making some additional investments in order to make us a sustainable League One club. And there are some pieces that we're adding that are maybe a little bit in excess of a League One club, but that's because we would prefer to be at least somewhat ready for championship as opposed to not be ready at all. And so we are investing in the future of the club. And I'm actually very happy with the current level of investment, the current level of spending, both from a player salary perspective and a staff salary perspective, coaches, you know, and there there are things that we tweak kind of behind the scenes, maybe investments we over make in certain areas or maybe we test if we have to be, if we can really be more skinny in other areas. We're doing that on a consistent basis, but that's just part of running, uh, you know, a professional organization, to be honest. Fair. Great shout. Ken, just to finish in like we always do, as we sit here, or in the second round of the FA Cup, sitting 14th in League One, I think we've all been impressed and happy with the way the season's going so far. What, what's your message to the Orient mm-hmm. fans tonight? Um, it's really easy after being at the top of the table the entire season to not be happy with mid-table. It's really easy. I get it. I'm not happy either. But, you know, it's, it's really easy for us to be unhappy um, at times And what I noticed, too, is that, you know, sometimes our play has been a little bit inconsistent uh, in the beginning. But I look at this in a much longer segment. I'm thinking about this over a 24-month period. So this season and next season. And when I think about the trajectory that we're on coming out of uh, league, you know, League Two and into League One, and how we've uh, done seemingly pretty well uh, in League One, especially here lately. Uh, I'm very excited about the direction that we're headed and where we're going. 
And I remember when we were a National League club and people said, oh, my gosh, we've got so much to fix. Um, How are we going to get it all done? And in some ways, I feel exactly the same about where we are today. We still have a lot of things to improve, a lot of things to get better on. And I just hope that our fans and our supporters will continue, and I know they will, uh, continue to be a part of the club and continue to be proud of it as we get better and better. So our thanks go out, as always, to Kent Teague, who joined us just a moment ago. Uh, Really honest, always open, always honest. Uh, and very refreshing. So thank you very much indeed for giving up some of your Sunday afternoon. So that uh, concludes that side of things. So let's move on then uh, to the Supporters Club. We've got an update from them. They're moving uh, fans that want to go on their coaches up to Port Vale on Saturday the 18th of November. That's a three o'clock kickoff. The coaches will depart from the Supporters Club at half past nine in the morning. That's a £37 return fare for adults. Concessions are £34. Children 15 and under are £19. There's a £3 surcharge for all non-members. And obviously, just to remember, those prices don't include your match day ticket. So to book for any of those trips, you can go into the Supporters Club on a match day or you can call the travel line on 07507 539 579. Great stuff. So AOB this week, we've got three things to tell you about. So quite uh, a bit. First up, Loft. The Leighton Orient's Fan Trust are pleased to announce that current O's player and the PFA's association chair, Mr Omar Beckles, will be appearing at Lofts AGM, which is taking place on Thursday, 16th of November. This one's in person this year and is kindly hosted uh, by the Leighton Orient Supporters Club. So doors open for this one at 7 o'clock. It starts at 7.30pm. If you can't attend, you can uh, join the Zoom link that is available for members and able to attend in person. If you are a member of Loft, you will have been sent a formal notice of the AGM to the email address that Loft have for you. And any members who have not received uh, this email should contact Secretary Jonathan Kay, who can be found at secretary at leightonorientfanstrust.com. And if you uh, want to go but aren't currently a member of Loft, you're welcome to join or rejoin to attend the AGM. You can do that by going to the Fans Trust website, which is www.leightonorientfanstrust.com. Uh, and there'll be a link uh, to rejoin uh, and like we said membership costs just a minimum of £1 on a pay what you can afford basis so very important date for your diaries there Thursday the 16th of November indeed one for your diaries there secondly Brian Rigby got in touch and asked us to mention that on Sunday the 12th of November so that's next Sunday as we sit here recording now is Remembrance Day there will be a short service at 10 o'clock at St Mary's Church in Church Road E10 before a parade led by our band, the 17th Powell's Battalion Band, at half past ten to the memorial in Coronation Gardens for the formal act of remembrance. Joining the parade will be detachments from the Army Cadets from the 12F Walthamstow and Leighton Squadron of the RAF Air Cadets and from the 35 Detachment Army Cadets for Walthamstow, Leighton and Leightonstone with scouts from the Ive Farm Scout Group. We hope that fans and members of the public can attend. Great stuff. Thank you for emailing us those details there, Brian. And lastly, uh, we mentioned it in last week's OB section about getting uh, reviews uh, for the episodes on Spotify. Uh, And last week we had five. So thanks uh, to Johnny Epstein, to Tito Martin G, to George Young 656, to Grant Conway, and to Mary Graham 1010 for all leaving us a review on episode 334 
on Spotify. Very easy for you to do. So if you listen on Spotify, please uh, be sure to do that. So thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for all the support. Very much appreciated from us at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers. Indeed. So let's move on then and quickly wrap up the week that was. Happy 23rd birthday to Orient's lone goalkeeper, Sol Brin. That was happy Monday, the 30th of October. Yeah, happy birthday to Sol. Also on the Monday, the club confirmed that the O's will be in action away at Barking FC in the first round of the London Senior Cup with this game set to take place on Tuesday, the 14th of November. Indeed, to Huey, Tuesday, the 31st of October. It was happy Halloween to everybody who celebrated. The Young O's were in action in the first round at the FA Youth Cup at Brisbane Road. They were against AFC Sudbury, and it was the visitors who took the lead just before half-time from the penalty spot. But in the first minute of added time, at the end of the first half, Rion smith Kwasi levelled the scores as the teams went in 1-1 at the break. But the Young O's ensured there was late drama as Rion smith Kwasi again uh, at it. He grabbed a late, late winner to send the Young O's into the hat for the second round. Well done to the Young O's. Quite an exciting opportunity for him. It was at Brisbane Road, so yeah. Yeah, double, double for Rion, things you love to see. And I think yeah. last year the O's left it, the Young O's left it late in some of their uh, other FA Youth Cup tyres as well. So well done there, like Paul said, to the Young O's. And even though the O's first team weren't in action on Tuesday, uh, there were four fixtures in League One which were played. And the results in those games meant that the O's slipped to 14th in the League One table. Yeah, indeed. Uh, that is unfortunate, but that is just the way it goes until we end up playing our games. Um, uh, Wednesday, the 1st of November, uh, 7 o'clock, there was a live Q&A with Nigel and Mark Devlin on the club's YouTube channel. That is still available to watch. Loads of talking points, great yeah. summaries and breakdown. And a breakdown, sorry, can be found on the Leighton Orienteer Twitter page uh, as Leighton Laureate managed to get a word-for-word transcript uh, of the questions and answers uh, and that's been published now for your convenience. So if you can't watch it, uh, for example, you watched it on the Underground when you don't get signal, so having the transcript made it easier for you. Um, So yeah, that was very interesting, very informative. Obviously, uh, as always, open, honest, transparent about what we're doing. Don't see this with other clubs. We speak to other podcasters, don't we, of other league clubs, and they just don't get that. Don't see it at don't other see clubs it, yeah. at all. Obviously, that uh, Q&A is available on YouTube still, so if anyone wants to watch it, they can do. But like Paul said, the transcript is available uh, on Twitter. Well worth having a read if you're on a commute uh, and not up too much. So Thursday, the 2nd of November, and the club confirmed our worst fears that Jordan Graham had undergone surgery on his left knee after sustaining a patella tendon injury during the Burton Albion match. He had a successful operation on the Wednesday morning and will now have a short period of rest before beginning a lengthy rehabilitation. So, like Paul said earlier, best wishes go out to Jordan. Indeed. Jordan Graham. Being yeah. phenomenal this season. Big yeah. loss for the team. Massive loss. Richie Welland said, we're all gutted for Jordan. He's shown so far this season what an important player he is for us and he's a big character around the dressing room as well. The next few months are going to be tough for him, but everyone at the club is right behind him and will give him all the support he needs. He suffered a similar injury before and I know that he'll be back stronger. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed there for Jordan. So Friday, the 3rd of November, and the Young O's were drawn at home against Tring Athletic of Berkhamstead FC in the second round of the FA Youth Cup with the venue of the fixture and the date to be confirmed. So we'll keep our eyes pulled for that one and obviously we'll share that once that gets confirmed. 
Indeed, well done to the Young O's there. Saturday the 4th of November, the Young O's uh, were in action away at Luton Town with the only goal of the game, unfortunately, coming from the penalty spot in the 72nd minute uh, for the hosts um, as the Young O's fell to a 1-0 defeat. So unlucky to the Young O's. Certainly were. So the main event on Saturday was Carlo United at home in the FA Cup first round. And before the game, we ran our infamous Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one. We had 219 votes. You voted as follows with a measly 9% of you thinking the O's would lose this one. Again, a small number of 14% of you thinking the O's would get a draw. And an overwhelming majority, once again, at 77% thinking the O's would be victorious in this one. As always, thanks for everyone in their votes in our Twitter polls. Indeed. So at two o'clock, the team was announced. Sol Brin started in goal. James turns happy Cooper uh, across the back with Brown, Elmiz, Galbraith, Archibald, Ford and Piggott making the rest of the starting eleven. Substitutes for this one, Howes, Sweeney, Beckles, Prattley, Moncur, Pegram, Drinnen and Satiriu. Yeah, so starting lineup meant there were two changes from the starting eleven that lined up away to Burton Albion last weekend. I must say, when I saw that, I was pleasantly surprised. That was a stronger lineup than what I thought we'd go for. Only two changes. So I looked at that and I thought, yeah, up for that. Strong team. Good options on the bench. Mm. Let's go beat them. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Strong, solid team. Most of which I expected. I thought Jaden Sweeney might have come in, though, and perhaps they would have gone for a flat back four. I forgot that Rob Hunt had um, picked up a, an injury. So I just assumed that he would... He would come in, but you know, good to see Tom James back in. Um, but yeah, not too many surprises. I think you know we want to take every competition that we're in seriously, but it's a good opportunity for us to do well in a prestigious cup competition. Okay, it's not you know masses and masses of money, um, but by the same token, it's a competition that we ought to want to do well in. So for me, I wasn't surprised how strong it was. Uh, but it's good to see at Ed Turns tweeted us and said it was nice to see Ford Shaq Ford get a start yeah Rishi J Bourne said guessing that Pegram has been recalled due to injury to Jordan Graham hope he gets a chance this afternoon and a super sub performance yeah it's a good shout and a good spot there as well Len Chin Chin One said the FA Cup campaign comes with lots of hope as we look for a run of wins a familiar team but a tough draw we are low on players injured so need a different shape a wet pitch could be hard but should make for fast play let's win Good tweet there, as always, from Len. Paul Redrum said, I'm a big fan of Sweeney, and I thought this was his chance to play, but obviously yeah. Richie doesn't fancy him. What if Jordan injured? He could have played more forward on the left. Good Don't point. disagree with that, yeah. Phil VZ1 said, pleased how strong the team is. Uh, great chance for Ford to show just how good he can be and how he can compete with Ruel. I may have been tempted to play Sweeney. We will need to con- we will need him sooner rather than later, and we want him to be super sharp. So those are all tweets that came into us before kickoff. The match did kick off. At a windy Brisbane road with the teams playing their first FA Cup match against one another since 1936, since we were Clapton Orient back in the day. With the O's, great stat here from Dave Victor. The O's haven't been knocked out in the first round in three of the last four seasons, whereas Carlisle had progressed uh, to the second round in 14 of the last 15 seasons in the FA Cup. Yeah, so, form will tell you. 14 in 16 now. Yeah, absolutely. So, great stuff. So, the O's started positively, created some opportunities. It came to nothing. And Solbrin was called into action in the sixth minute to catch Lavelle's header. And the O's broke an interesting opportunity. He took the ball around Carlisle, keeper Holly, but fired a shot wide. Solbrin called into action again just two minutes later, this time diving down to his right to deny Mellish as a free kick was floated in from the left-hand side. Good save that uh, yeah, from young Sol. Brandon Cooper 
picked up a yellow card shortly after. Yeah, the O's won a penalty as a corner in the tenth minute as a corner was played in from the left at the far post. Dan Happy was caught high and late by Lavelle's boot in the box, and the referee pointed to the spot. Penalty all day long. Yeah, it looked like it had been sniper shot though the way he went down. Such a late boot though, yeah. literally like high as well. Two seconds after Happy headed the ball all day long. Yeah. Joe Piggott stepped up in front of the empty north stand. It looks so weird with no one in there, doesn't it? It looks yeah. really odd. Done a little uh, shimmy, sent Holly the wrong way as he buried the penalty from 12 yards. One or two. Good penalty there for Piggott. I believe that's two for two now from the spot yeah. for him this season. That's good. Good for his confidence. Yes. Good for his uh, goal tally as well. Shaq Ford took a book in uh, for a late challenge on Mellish in the 14th minute. Yeah, in the 15th minute, a pause in play as Guy went down for Carlisle. He eventually was taken from the field on a stretcher. Looks like quite a serious injury for that one. So Yeah, wish him all the best. Yeah, man. absolutely. Obviously, um, after losing Jordan Graham, we know it's not nice for uh, the players to get those bad, bad injuries. So, yeah, oh, I uh, love and wishes go out to Guy for Carlisle. Indeed. Not much else really of note to talk about. There was That was quite a hefty delay. Um, but in the 45th minute, Shaq Ford was close to getting on the end of a Joe Piggott flick on, but Lavelle just about managed to get his head on it to deflect it out. Yeah, due to that injury, seven minutes of additional time were played. And in the second minute, Idris Elmazuni got away down the left. He squirted the ball to Joe Piggott, but Joe's shot. It looked like a pass back to Idris, to be honest. His uh, <laughs> shot was woeful, went straight back to Idris Elmazuni, who pinged it back in there. This time, Piggott, from very close range, put the ball in his back of the net, but the linesman's flag was up as the ball had already gone out of play so the goal was ruled out bit of a bit of an odd, bit of an odd bit passage of an odd situation, play that way yeah. <laughs> no further talking points the referee brought the half to a close with the O's going in 1-0 up the attendance for this one was 3,808 and 463 made their journey down from Cumbria yeah they certainly did one change at half time for the O's as Aaron Dryden came on he came on in place of Shaq Ford. Four minutes in and Sol Brim was called into action. He made a diving save from Garner's powerful shot. And well there, Sol Brim. But a minute later, he could do nothing because Carlisle equalised as Joe Garner got away from Theo Archibald and met Barkley's cross and placed his header. Very right, I've got to say, actually. Yeah. Beyond Brim to make it one. Well, that's bread and butter for an experienced striker like Garner. Yeah, but... I, I... If I'm not mistaken, I think that was Theo Archibald who was the who was the covering man. Yep. And I know he's not a defender, but I think Theo looked a little bit lost there, and he didn't know where, that the guys behind him or where the ball was. I think you just need to be a little bit more switched on in in the box. I far be it from me. I certainly couldn't do the job that he does, but <laughs> given that he is doing that job, I think you just need to be a little bit sharper um, to prevent those sorts of things from happening. Because, like you say, it's bread and butter unless it isn't. I.e that our yeah. defenders um, put them off and stop them from doing that kind of stuff. Um, Idris took one for the team in the 60th minute as he tripped uh, Gibson, who was leading a counter-attack, and picked up a booking. I've got no problem with those sorts of bookings. It's the petulant bookings yeah. that I can't, I can't tolerate. Fair play. 63rd minute, second O-sub, is Jaden Sweeney came on to replace Brown and Cooper. So obviously getting Sweeney some game time and obviously taking Cooper out of the right, team, yeah. who, who's already picked up a booking there. Yeah, a minute later, we retook the lead as Aaron Drynan found the back of the net as he met a Tom Jutton out Standing Tom Jones across, we should add, from the right with his left foot. That's how good he is. He beat his man to the ball, slid in to notch his first goal in more than 12 months to make it 2 1 to the O's. I think that could be the the waterfall now, like the, the, the cascade effect that he's going to get loads now. You watch, he's going to go on a run and, and not, not be able to stop scoring. I hope so. I'm, you heard it here first. 47 minutes in, and that's what I'm saying. I hope so. I, I'm not sure if I share all the confidence you have, but I hope so. I live in hope. Good goal though uh, yeah. from Dryden. Like you said, great cross, 
from James. And Dryden deserved that. Beats his man for power. Good little finish there. Hopefully his first of many for Dryden. Yeah. No doubt in my mind that Dryden listened to your podcast last week and was a... Uh, no doubt, Most, cursing, I mean, cursing us, but now is uh, praising welcome. us. Yeah, absolutely. you're welcome. It's well done, what, Mr. Levy. It's what we do. <laughs> it's what we do. Aaron Drinan went close to his second of the game in the 70th minute. He beat the defender. Uh, he beat his defender to meet a Theo Archibald cross, but Holy made a decent save. Sounds like Holy's having a bit of a game of his life, really. It's decent keeper there. I'd, I would agree with you more about Drinan if he would have scored that one in the 70th minute. Yeah. Decent chance out. Hopefully, uh, you know gets his second sooner rather than later like you said yeah. 71st minute Dan Happy went into the book uh, for a challenge on Ghana and a minute later we struck the crossbar Tom James's free kick from the left bounced off the head of Wheeler and with Holy stranded it was only the bar that denied the Orient a third Tom James's delivery is causing absolute havoc yeah. in the you love to see. visitors box 77th minute time for more subs videos George Moncur came on he replaced Ethan Galbraith and Russ 2 came on replacing Joe Piggott. That's right. Game set and match on the full-time mark, though, in the 90th minute as Ruel struck our third goal. He got in down the right-hand side following a misplaced Carlisle header from quite a tight angle. He fired his shot through Holy's legs and he made it free run. Job done. Beautiful finish there. Great uh, angled finish from Ruel. It's very similar to it before. I think Forest Green Rovers goal a long time ago. Very similar. Or Bradford City. can't remember which one it was, but... Yeah, he'll miss. He, the frustrating thing about Real Madrid too is he will miss much easier chances than that. And that one, he just puts the faces <coughs> through it and just bang. That's what I was finish. alluding to last week. Yeah, like the goal that the open goal that he missed last week, but he's scored a harder goal here. <laughs> yeah. But 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 that's but that's I guess what he's about. Absolutely, he, he does the, the Took difficult. It while, he makes it difficult look easy. Six six, six goals now for Real this season. Hopefully, there'll be many more that we, we talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Six minutes of added time have played out in the first minute. Idris was replaced by Darren. Darren Prattley. He certainly was. And after Jane and Sweeney was booked in a 96 minute, there were no further talking points as the match was brought to an end and it was the O's who were in the hat for the second round draw with a 3-1 win. Win? A 3-1 win yeah. over visiting Carlisle team. So, uh, David that spoke to Richard Williams after the match. Thought, uh, this was quite an interesting interview, actually. I think you can really gauge the importance that the club are putting on the yeah. Cup this season. Uh, and Richie... Uh, Alluded to that, so we're going to play Richie's post-match uh, interview with David. Victor. We are. Uh, I think he's lost his voice from all the shouting, but um, I think you'll be able to make out most <laughs> of what he says. So here's Richie's interview post-match with Dave. Richie, thanks for joining us. Congratulations through to the second round of the FA Cup after a, a hard-working display. Yeah, I thought we started the first 20 minutes really well. Um, and then last 15, 20 minutes, first half, nothing really happened. Um, and their shape causes a problem. I thought they was good for the first 20 minutes of the second half. Um, we conceded a goal, probably my fault, because I should have changed it. We were just about to change it. But when you've got a throwing deep in their half, it's difficult to change it. So we just was unlucky, but I should have probably done it two or three minutes early because their shape causes a problem. Um, but then when we changed to a four, I thought we was, we was pretty dominant in the last 20, 25 minutes and could have scored a few more. So... All in all, it was an important game for us financially and obviously we wanted to get to the next round. So, um, a good day. And a particularly good day for Aaron Drynan. He could have had a hat-trick. Yeah, listen, I've I've gone on record a lot of times saying how much I rate him. He's, he's had a disruptive pre-season for two seasons on the bounce. Um, and when he's fit and firing, he's got pace, he's got power, he's a good finisher. We see it every day in training. He can cross the ball apart from his first crossing when he, when he went on. Um, but, please... Our supporters, if you want a better fit and firing Aaron Drinan, fit 
them firing any one of our players and give them confidence. Okay, so give them confidence. A football player doesn't matter what level you play at. If you play with confidence, you're going to be a lot better, better football than when you're playing without confidence. So I'm pleased. <coughs> Sorry, <coughs> I'm pleased for him. And I thought George Moncur when he went home was excellent as well. He had a tough time last week. You know, I, don't, I didn't like doing it. But at the end of the day, I'm a manager of a football club and sometimes I have to make difficult decisions. And I'm not scared to do that. But throughout the week, we tried to get his confidence back up. And I thought he was he was excellent in terms of his composure, his skill. Um, and the way, the way he brought the game back, back, back in, in, in terms of us being dominant in the last 20 minutes. And now six of the season for Saturio. He took that so well, didn't he? Yeah, he's good finish. He's speed down the side. That's what got us... Got his territory when he was gambling a little bit, so yeah, I'm pleased for him. Well, we've just thought we'd freshen him up today um, because I think he, I think he's one that has played more or less every minute. It's a really difficult balancing act. <clears throat> I want to use the squad, but I know that obviously I'm under pressure to win this game because financially it can be big for us. We want to try and get <coughs> to the third round and obviously give Nigel some of his money back. Um, and the board's over the money back. So we realise if you get to the third round, you can earn a hell of a lot of money if you get that away trip. I don't think in the six years that, that the, the owners have owned the club that was not a cup run. So you want to win it, but you're also really, really wary that if you make too many changes, not that the players ain't good enough to do it, just sometimes when you make too many changes, the fluency in the, in the team changes. But I have to say that Monks, Driz, um, Sweens, and obviously Pratt's came on late, but I think the influence the game really, really well. So that was part of Richie Wellens' post-match interview there, talking to David, doing again, you can see the importance uh, of the FA Cup run there. And Richie, you don't sound too well, mate, so wishing uh, Richie Wellens of recovery from a sore throat or the flu or whatever he has. Hope he rests up, get a few early nights and is ready to go <laughs> uh, on Tuesday night. So no league uh, update because that's the FA Cup and we're that's it. happy going into the second round. So, Bearded Lejande, your views on yesterday's win against Carlisle? Yeah, short and sweet from me this week. Most important thing is that we're in the draw for the second round of the yeah. FA Cup. Uh, that's the most important thing. However, it would have been a 1-0, squeaky 1-0 win or a 3-1 yeah. win, whatever it happens, uh, whatever happens, happens. Three good goals. Three very good goals. I mean, all right, the penalty, you know, I've always said a, a professional footballer shouldn't miss a penalty. <laughs> Um, and Joe Piggott's got the knack for, for making it difficult for the keeper to guess which way he's going to go. So great penalty from him. Drynan's goal, superb. And, and Ruel's goal, also brilliant. Um, I mentioned it already. Superb cross from TJ for Drynan's goal. Hopefully the first of many for him. And Ruel scored a tremendous goal from a great angle. I think consistency for Ruel will easily put him into double figures. Um, sooner rather than later as well uh, maybe we can have a bit of a decent cut run uh, as we will know uh, by now uh, we've got Chesterfield in the next round of the FA Cup um, they're doing very well at the moment as we all know but it's a winnable game for us we fear no one um, and, and we've beaten a League One side um, so no reason why we can't beat Chesterfield in my opinion be uh, in the draw for the third round I don't think you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think since we started this podcast, we've actually gone on a cup run. I, I can't recall going on a big FA Cup match no, in haven't. the nine, ten years we've been doing it. So, yeah. yeah, like I said, always nice to have an FA Cup run. It does make me sad when you watch the highlights and there's like no one in these grounds. I mean, 3,800 isn't something to be sniffed at, but nowhere near the attendance that you yeah. get for a league game. It is sad because I remember going to FA Cup games with you when we were 12, 13. It's like Gravesend and Northfleet and Stevenage were on league and like the ground would be packed. There'd be loads of visiting. Uh, away fans and those home fans as well so always sad but like we said I think you can see how important the cup is and how much pressure we choose to get to that third round and, and to get a big big tie and get but something coming to the club 
but also for his own pedigree as well. That he can say on his CV that he took X club to absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Good shout there. Great to see Drynan on the score sheet. Should do one this for his confidence. Didn't really feel like he was that relieved to score. Sometimes you see a goal. I mean, we were, I wasn't there yesterday, so might have felt different in the stadium, but didn't feel like it was an outlet of release on scoring that goal, which seemed like it was a goal and they were happy to celebrate as opposed to like a monkey off his back, which mm. I guess is a good thing. Yeah. Good to see Big Pig on the score sheet again. Good to see Roy on the score sheet again. Lots of praise in the post-match for Tom James, which is great to see. I think Tom James is uh, starting to establish himself again as a key player. Some delivery yesterday was uh, fantastic. But like Kent said, Kent has stolen my line. I was going to end this by saying, winning breeds winning. So you've got to keep it going, which is exactly what Kent said in a pivotal part of our interview. You so think alike, yeah. If only I could think like Kent Teague from a business perspective, I think I'd be uh, in a much better place. But there you go. Yeah. So <laughs> those were our views, your views. Quite a few tweets come into our social accounts yesterday. So again, we try to mention as many as possible just because we read them doesn't mean we agree with them. Yeah, LOFC Treza kicks off this one uh, and says, so pleased for Dryden. Hope it helps his confidence and more goals to come. Second round, keeping the dream alive. Painting Orient. So the game to balance recent continuity with the depth of the squad. Dryden's goal saw a new confidence within him and the team and you won't see many others score from a tighter angle than Ruel. Mm. Composed midfield was made up of 22 and 23 rounds. Mature beyond the years. Good Spot point. on. Great tweet that. George underscore Brown underscore. It's a new one for me. Welcome to the show. Real positive performance from us. Buzzing for Drynan and three different players scoring goals is a huge confidence boost. Stroud, Greeno. So one step closer to a dream draw. Rams get away, please. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, obviously, we'll come up to that like pause already alluded to, but these tweets were taken from Saturday night. That's right. Daniel underscore D44 said, Bar a bad 10 to 15 minutes at the start of the second half. That was a well-deserved win. Great substitutions and tactical change by Wellens when we were under the cosh a bit. Pleased to see Ruel score a one-on-one after what happened at Burton. Nice to be in the second round of the cup. It certainly is nice. Paul underscore LT2P said, all good apart from the start of the second half. The drum is quality made it the difference. So again, the drum being mentioned. I meant to ask Kent actually about, about his thoughts on the drum, but we'll ask him next time. Steve DF1 said, we looked much better when we went to a back four. Tom James made the difference, always looking for a forward pass, cross or shot rather than passing back to the halfway line. Good point there about Tom James. Steve Chaplin 4 said, we did what we needed to do. Apart from another silly few minutes at the start of the second half, it was reasonably comfortable, although Bryn did make a couple of decent saves. Hopefully the goal gives Dryden confidence. And he certainly did look lively in the latter stages. Doyle underscore Hooper said, A solid result against the poor Carlisle team. Delighted for Drinnen. Ruel is headed for double figures this season and would love to see Moncur get fully fit as he adds a spark of creativity whenever he plays. This young team are growing with every result. Roll on the second round. Orion underscore Edson, finally in the bag for the FA Cup second round. Carlisle were poor and we played quite well for the most part, although we conceded another simple goal and were loose with our passings at time. Pleased that Drinnen got a goal too. Let's hope this kickstarts his season. Yeah, Les LK said, other than our early, uh, other than the early part of the second half, I thought we were very good. Defence was solid and we could have won by more. Word for Tom James, his crossing with both feet was superb. He's becoming a very important part of this team. So, well done, O's. Now just to need a kind draw in round two, please. Tom at Davies, E17. So we looked iffy defensively at times, but finished the game impressively after our substitutions, shifting Theo to the right. Plus Dryner's energy, Ole Miss's ever-present class and a man in a match show from James saw us through. Happy with that. Boatsy said, about time we had a cut run. Great to see Dryner get a goal 
after you guys highlighted it had been over a year since he found the net. Hopefully he can kick on. Hopefully a good second round tie, which gives us the opportunity get to get to the third round. Good shout. Willow Gaffer with the penultimate tweet on this one. So we were too defensive until we changed to 4-3-3. We look much more of a threat. Please for joining them on Kerr, who played well when in his central attacking midfield role. So good with the ball. Hardly ever gives it away. Also worth mentioning Bryn, who to me commands his box better than Vigarou. Good shout out. Vigoru actually on the bench in the week. Uh, yeah, it was. For Burnley. For didn't Burnley, play, yeah. but on the bench. Very good at coming for crosses. Best thing about this was Richie turning around to someone who sat in the gallery seat and told them to zip it. Obviously giving Drizzy stick, but keep him fit. He will score goals. He just needs to run with no injuries. Yeah, final word this week goes to Dan Alton, 2590, who I think had a he did. welcome to new congratulations, baby. So Dan. congrats to you and the part your partner, Dan. Uh, three goals, three strikers scored. Uh, safe passage through to round two. Nice to win again after the draws that we could have won. Uh, hopefully get a favourable draw in the next round and give us every chance possible of getting into a potential money winning third money spinning sorry third round tie yeah so those are all tweets that came into us at orient outlook on twitter let us know if you agree or disagree with any that we've read out you can do that by tweeting us at orient outlook you can email us at orient outlook at outlook.com we are also on instagram at orient underscore outlook underscore podcast we are also on facebook at orient outlook podcast so prediction league well done to um rob jb1974 glenn gatty derby 507 and ben whitlock 13 who all correctly predicted 3-1 so you get the standard three points there but extra well done to Charlie 86903648 C Bennett1983 Paul Gregory who all correctly predicted the score and one scorer so you get four points but actual extra special mention to Brad One Malloy, Tyler underscore Ben 68 and Parksy1881 who also correctly predicted the score but got two out of the three scorers as well so you get five out of the maximum six points so that means the prediction league is as follows yeah, at, the so very top. at the top 16 points Rio underscore Orient the big mover this week is Paul R. Gregory who goes up from 10 points to 14 points he's now in second place so well done to Paul 13 points is Charlie underscore Paul and Dave Brew 47976911 and last year's winner that Tortoise fan is in fourth place still hovering about the Champions League places there on 12 points so thanks to everyone for your predictions and lots more uh, to come now this week with two games that we'll come on to shortly so it could be looking very different next week indeed it could after the game shortly after the club mentioned uh, club confirmed sorry that Emmanuel Quachi has joined Cray Wanderers on an initial one month loan deal so we wish you every success in that loan Emmanuel we certainly do so moving on into today Sunday the 5th of November obviously it's fireworks night right so you may have heard there as soon as we started recording we had like a flurry like after not hearing any fireworks at all uh, in the 20 minutes before we started recording, as soon as we pressed the record button, there was a bit of a flurry in the yeah. first 10 minutes. So in case anyone was wondering what was going on, that was fireworks night. But here we are. And in the morning, the ladies' fixture against Tootingbeck was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. I think that's two weeks running now. The yeah. ladies have been able to play. Hopefully next week's better for Indeedy. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, the draw for the second round of the FA Cup was made earlier today and we've been drawn away to National League leaders Chesterfield, fresh from their 1-0 win earlier today against Portsmouth, with the tie to be played in the week of the second, sorry, the weekend, I beg your pardon, of the second and third of December. Like you said, 
tough game. Probably the one National League team you didn't want. However, Agree, yeah. a very winnable game. The Danny Webb derby. The Danny Webb derby, indeed, yeah. I didn't realise how well they're doing, to be honest doing with you. Doing very well. Uh, and Barnett and Bromley as well. They've kind of had this pattern over the last couple of seasons where they start really well and they, and they fade, fade as the season like goes six or on. Seven but three, I, think, yeah. I think two or three years ago, they drew Chelsea away in the third round. So they know how much a good cup run is capable of. There was obviously, the televised game today at home to Portsmouth. I imagine this one will be televised just because of the size of their club. And again, it's a potential upset of a team two divisions above them. Mm. So although we look at it, go Chesterfield to a big club, it wouldn't be that big an upset to us. From a TV and marketing perspective, I think you, you be can get quite a lot in there and it's a, and it's another potential upset. I guess it depends on how many games can be shown in the second round. But I'd, I'd be, personally, I'd be surprised if that one doesn't end up being on live TV. I which again will be big revenue I, for the club. But I think there are lower league sides, for example, like uh, Chester and York. Chester or York have been drawn at home to Wigan. So I would probably say that, I mean, I know that's just one game, but yeah, yeah I, I can't help but think that um, uh, that there are probably other games that will will probably come ahead of us. We'll see. Friday night in Chesterfield all day long. No, not <laughs> So let's wrap this up then. We've just gone over the hour mark. We're on 64 minutes here, heading uh, towards the finish line now. Uh, as you all know, we run a fantasy football league, uh, the Orient Outlook podcast fantasy football league. And how did everyone do this week? New Quite leader. Games. New le- lowest scoring points week ever in fantasy football league because Haaland... Didn't score. Did, got two points. Salah didn't score. There's a lot of points. Obviously, it's Chelsea Tottenham tomorrow, so still obviously a lot of points to be played for. Yeah. But I think I saw an article from Fantasy saying the lowest points week ever. Okay. Because no, no big results no, or big, big yeah. performances. <clears throat> New leader in Glenn Wood, as it stands, who's now got 729 points. He's three points ahead of Brendan Pitcher, who was last week's leader. So not much between them as well. I have dropped to 336 place Ooh, oh, out of 374 so. players. Well, I, I have three players playing tomorrow for Tottenham. So it could all very much change. So thanks to everyone who plays in our Fantasy Football League. And obviously that table update uh, go through to everyone at the same time. So positives and negatives of the week. Bid Lejande, you can do positives this Let's week. Let's do that then. So obvious first positive, we're in the first round. Uh, sorry, no we're not. We're in the second round of the FA Cup. And also, just yes. to add to that, that the youth team are also like in it. the second round of the Youth Cup. So both uh, first team and youth team have made the second round of their respective cups. We've got three strikers scoring, uh, including one Aaron Drinnen. Yes, absolutely. Uh, which is always a huge positive. And we also saw videos of Adam Tom- or video footage of Adam Thompson and Dan Agay. Uh, they've stepped up training. They seem to be recovering well. They're out running on the training pitch now. Don't know how long it'll be before they're uh, back amongst the first team, but it's good to see their progress and, and good to see that Keaton's uh, injury room is becoming uh, more empty by the week. Dan Adji will feel like a new signing when he's had that pitch. Although, obviously, he was signed in the summer and we've already spoken about signing him in our pre-season round-up. I think when he actually steps foot on the pitch, it will feel like a new signing, which will only be a good thing coming from his long-term injury. So, negatives, we've got two this week. First up, an obvious one is the confirmation of Jordan Graham's injury. Like we said, we wish Jordan all the best in the next six to nine months. Hopefully, we see him back sooner rather than later, but it's still very long-term. Injury that one, and the second one, quite a lot of bookings yesterday. I think after mm. saying last week or the week before, where we didn't receive any bookings and about how well we had done, it seemed like it's quite four or five, a lot. Bookings, I think most yeah. of those were probably, you know, there didn't there were that, that many petulant ones yesterday, but still was quite a lot of bookings floating around there. Yeah, so that moves us on now then to hero of the week, and we were unanimous about this. We didn't put it out to the vote, but we were unanimous between us, and the winner of this week's hero of the week is. 
It's that goal scoring machine, Aaron Dryden. So well done, <laughs> like we said. We just thought this week he scored again, a good performance, yeah. well deserved goal. Um, He's yeah, a grafter. Unanimous here. He's a grafter, and it doesn't always come out in, in goals, but it's what he does for the rest of the team, which is why Richie loves him. Absolutely. So, like we said uh, earlier, two fixtures this week, two home games as well, starting with the visit of Portsmouth on Tuesday the 7th of November this is our final group game in the EFL Trophy all to play for so we're currently bottom of our group Portsmouth currently top yeah. however if we win it could look very different Portsmouth <laughs> up until today have been having a great season kind of running away uh, with the League 1 uh, first place at the top mm. surprisingly knocked out of the FA Cup to our second round opponents Chesterfield <laughs> so Portsmouth I think, might think they're already in it and I don't know the strength of who Portsmouth for taking this competition so no idea in terms of how difficult a game that will be they might think it's already done they might play a second string team they might yeah. play a first team to try and get over this week's defeat no idea and again you could probably much say the same for Leighton Orient's line up so it'd be a difficult one but I guess the only thing that one is for us to beat them because we need to win to Correct. get out of the group whereas they might be okay losing or a draw so big game I, I think indeed then on Saturday the 11th of November, the O's return to action in League One with a visit of high-flying Oxford United. So two very difficult games this week because they're second currently yes. in League One. Um, they're also in the second round of the FA Cup, having beaten Maidenhead. Uh, Oxford have uh, won two, drawn two and lost one of their last five, whereas Portsmouth have won four and drawn one of their last five. So you're right to set, to pick out, will they play a full-strength side? Will they rotate? Will Richie rotate? Um, have we got enough going on with the FA Cup that we want to kind of more focus on that than, than the FA Trophy? I guess from a professional standpoint, they, like Kent said, they want to win everything. No, I can't remember the last time we played Oxford United. Because obviously, we haven't played them in a long time. However... We don't really like Oxford United and I don't there think they like us very beef. much. There so seems to be some beef, doesn't there? It'll be interesting to see the atmosphere uh, in Brisbane Road next Saturday. So wishing everyone a very safe journey as they <coughs> go to Brisbane Road. I also think next week, Bearded Lejande. A certain Bearded Lejande turns from 43 to 44. So wishing you all the best on your birthday. Thanks for mentioning uh, that. No problem. A lovely tweet will be going out on Thursday morning to wish Paul all the best as he gets more handsome with every year. More we played Oxford last in the Football League trophy on the 30th of August and we won 5-0. No, we lost 5-0. That was away last season. Oh, I sorry, don't, Oxford I, won 5-0. I do believe you're right. That, yeah. that doesn't count. Uh, in League 2, though, it, wasn't, it hasn't been in, uh, since 2016, 12th of March. Uh, and we won that 1-0. Of course we did. So I think that's going to be very... I think that might be quite a lively game, actually. Yeah. So we hate Oxford, they hate us. Hopefully we can beat we them. We sent them down, that's the problem, and put one, yeah, yeah. And then absolutely. we went and had our troubles and went down, and I, don't, I think they were quite happy about that. I don't think there's any love lost there between the two teams. No, absolutely not. So sponsorship reminder, don't forget to get in touch with John and the fantastic team of experienced florists at Carol Langley Florist. Get in touch with them. You can call the shop on 0208 529 4130 or get in contact via social medias Carol Langley E4 Carol's got an E on the end or at Essex Biz that's Twitter Instagram it's Carol Langley Florist all one word or just search Carol Langley Florist on Facebook and they'll come up so that is it that is it thank you We're for done. joining us episode 335 as we get closer to 350 now so Indeed. after our worst fears were confirmed about Jordan Graham in the week it was time to get back to business on the pitch in the FA Cup and he certainly did that, running out 3-1 winners at home against Carlo United to get us into the FA Cup second round. 
and the excitement of the cup now was all here at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers. And another big week follows, like we've said, for the club on Tuesday, we'll be looking to progress to the knockout stages of the EFL Trophy home to Portsmouth in the final group game in the competition, which is followed by our return to League One action against our old foes, Oxford United. So hopefully this time next week, we'll be talking about two home wins. Hopefully we'll still be in yep. three cup competitions. <laughs> And we'll be very positive for lots more to talk about. Indeed. So if you're listening on iTunes, if you'd be so kind to go and subscribe, give the podcast a rating, preferably five stars. Or if you're listening on Spotify, don't forget, as we mentioned earlier, you can rate the show. You can leave comments on each episode now as well. So if you could do that now, that would be very much appreciated. Uh, Don't forget to follow us or add us to your favourites on your chosen podcast provider. And that way you'll get all the episodes as soon as we uh, upload them and they're available. We're also on smart speakers, we're on the Fan Hub app and we're also on YouTube. So listening to our podcast has never been easier. If you've got an older relative, a loved one or an Orient chum who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone, help them download it and pass on the pod. Yeah, so massive thank you to Kent C who joined us all the way uh, from the States uh, earlier on. So appreciate that. Ken, we know that's bang on in the afternoon. So thanks for getting up part of your Sunday afternoon, and thanks to the club for helping to get that interview sorted. So, like we said, we'll be back with episode three hundred and thirty-six next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.